Hot diggity dog, it's time for another episode of Second Cup. It's me, your host, Tim uh, Heller. Today's guest is the fantastic, the singular Heidi Rue. Heidi started her career as a radio DJ, and after doing voiceover on the side for years, she went full-time well over a decade ago. Heidi also does on-camera work, acting in commercials for Publix, Instacart, and Bojangles, and even recently played the ex-wife of Mr. Immortal in She-Hulk. On top of that impressive and extensive resume, Heidi also runs and owns, with her husband Mike Stout, the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio, a VO training ground and recording studio that after almost seven years in business has helped hundreds and hundreds of students to get their career started in voiceover. You know what to do. It's time to top off your beverage, get comfy, and enjoy this episode of Second Cup with my friend Heidi Rue. Oh boy, Heidi Rue. The one and only. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us on Second Cup this morning. I've been really, really looking forward to our conversation uh, today and have appreciated our conversations, uh, however brief they've been in the past. Um, but thank you. Thank you for joining us. How are you this morning? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me, Tim. But I um, already feel like a fraud because I haven't even had my second cup of coffee yet today. And oh, I feel no. like I'm on the Second Cup podcast and I've only had one cup feel like a fraud we're we're jumping well, thank you for joining thing. us that's the interview for today uh everybody <laughs> stay tuned for the next episode Ugh, what an <laughs> it's awful <okay>. guest that's <laughs> <laughs> all good um Heidi for anyone listening who may not know who you are which if you're in the VO industry they probably do know who you are but uh for those who aren't can you just give us a quick uh catch up on who you are where you're at and what you do yeah, sure. So uh, I'm based in Atlanta. I was born here, grew up here, love the city. Um, and I started in radio. Uh, that was kind of my career trajectory. Um, and I met someone that told me about voiceover in radio. And so I started doing that kind of on the side and I did on camera stuff. And then over a decade ago, I left radio to uh, do voiceover and on camera stuff full time. Um, and then it'll be seven years this summer that my husband and I ended up starting um, Atlanta VoiceOver Studio, which is a recording and training studio. So on top of a VO and on-camera stuff, we also run that. So, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so much to dive into and, and talk about this morning. So I'd love to start with, let's start with radio because there's been some news with AM radio being phased out recently. And I'd love to hear your experience and in, in coming up in radio and kind of seeing the some of the evolution of it as we've grown into the streaming era and all of that and how that how you've been able to navigate that as a voice talent and as uh, as a DJ when you were a DJ. What did that look like and, and what was the chatter and how did you what was that process yeah. like of navigating that change? Well, and this very much relates to my philosophy and voiceover because of this. So when I was in radio, it felt like I saw things that were coming, mm -hmm. um, but everyone, and I don't know if it happened, if it was more just like it's corporate, it's so hard to change. You can't just change things on the fly, you know, with in corporate stuff. Um, <clears throat> but I saw things coming. In fact, I even proposed to our program director when I was on air. I said, hey, listen, let can we try this? Um, let's do like 10 or 15 second spots 
for ads. Um, and I said, we could do it, try it overnight. And of course, you know, this was uh, now over 15 years ago, right? So nobody was doing that. Um, and, but the, but things had changed from what, and people that are in radio would know exactly what this is, but Arbitron, which is basically like people filling things out of like what they listen to and when and mm -hmm. how long to what we called people meters. So it's basically um, a, a device that people carry with them. So it's a little bit more accurate of how long they're listening to it because it just relies, if you're writing it down, just relies on your memory. Um, and so with the the people meters, the big push was everybody talk less, talk less. You know, people are turning off the radio when you're talking. And so we got to keep the music going, got to keep it, you know, going. And so that's when I came to my program director and I was like, look, let's just try this. If people are turning the radio on the these ads, we as DJs, we have to create, we have to do these breaks in under 10 seconds now. And we figured out, oh, yeah, you can say a lot in 10 seconds. And so let's just try it and see. And I think it could be big. And, um, of course, he was just like, nope, sales will never go It'll for never it. Happen. It'll never happen. <laughs> Clients will never, you know, jump on board. Um, so there were a lot of things that I kind of tried to pitch that were turned down. Um and at the same time, people, at even at that time, they said, well, radio is probably not going to be around for that much longer. Um, but in a way, it is. We're on a podcast right now. We're doing radio. Yeah. And guess what? There's no music. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it has. It's just changed. And so learning that even in radio has helped me in voiceover, and especially with the whole talk about AI, so many people... Um, are so nervous and scared about it. And I'm not. I yeah. really am not. I just think it's an opportunity for us to figure out things will change. But any type of big, huge change like that causes more problems as well. Um, and so we just have to figure out how do we as voice talent help solve those problems. Um, and I honestly think that some of the most successful voice talent that I've seen that have had long, sustainable careers are the people that are willing to change with the industry and to evolve. And, um, and so that's kind of exciting. Like, you know, it's never yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah, no, it's never the same. And I appreciate your sentiment and share that sentiment with, with change in general, as hard as it can be. And, and with evolution in, in our industry, and I've only been in it five years, you know, but it's mm -hmm. changed a lot in that five years. Yeah. Um, and with AI too, like I'm checking out your website, which is something I want to I want to touch on too, is your website specifically because of everything you do and how beautifully organized it is. Um, but I saw that you have your AI demo on there, and there's lots of mm -hmm. chatter around. Like some people are saying, like, oh, why would you even have that on your website? Because clients, these like big corporate clients, which is this nebulous kind of omniscient who who are these big corporate clients that are are blacklisting supposedly talent that have a, an ai demo or an ai voice created which i think is silly and is also mm -hmm. part of that stick in the mud mentality of like well we're just never gonna we're never yeah. gonna grow and, and move past what we've been comfortable with doing for the past 30 years mm -hmm. um but so okay so pivoting into your website and you as a multi-hyphenate person you are a business owner you are a voiceover artist you are a podcaster you also have 
this newsletter that goes out as part of your business and you're also on camera and it's selfishly i want to know how you manage it all because <laughs> <laughs> and and because i have i have lots of different things going on as well and seeing seeing you and mike and the way that you run your studio and i'm just more familiar with with you because i see your face more often on my feed mm-hmm. is um it's just it, it's an, it's amazing how you have been able to manage all of this and so i'd love to hear just Let's start at the beginning, I guess, of, yeah. I know, like, with DJing and, and voiceover, we, we have that background, but how did you start to kind of get into the other markets and then decide to start the Atlanta voiceover studio? Yeah, um, so in all honesty, um, I probably struggle with getting my value from work, so let's just say that, that there's uh-huh. some motivation there of, you know... Um, Look, I'm I'm in counseling. You know, I I work through that. I know it, and uh, <laughs> I, I really try and and work on that. Um, just because I think it's really it's key to know like what your motivation is, and that motivation yep. steers a lot. Um, and also, we don't have children, so um, for those of you that have children, that is like a whole other thing as well. Um, our the studio is kind of our child of our child, um, but. You know, I I think that there's a couple of things. One is that um, I just get bored easily. Um, and so I <laughs> like to be doing a lot of things. Um, so I think I always am trying just, you know, I can't just kind of sit still. Mike always jokes when we go on vacation. It's like I rest for maybe a day and then I'm like, all right, like, what do we got? What do we got going? You know, that was good. We are too similar. I talked yeah. to my therapist about my lack of being able to stay focused on Uh one thing or not getting validated enough from voiceover. So starting another business or whatever it may be. And vacation is a hot topic with Jess and I. Oh yeah. It's, (laughs) it is hilarious. It's hilarious how different we are. Um, you know, how we end up being attracted to people that are totally opposites, Mm -hmm. but it's great because it gives it that balance. Um, but back to like how the diversification, I think there's a couple of things to, to that one is that I always felt like, especially starting out, I knew that, so I was making a full-time income from voiceover, even when I left the radio station, but it wasn't, um, it didn't quite, mm, well, I guess it did after that first year, but I just knew, I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, I don't know if this is kind of a big part of it was I booked this huge national commercial um, that ran for three years and just, you know, was amazing. That'll as pay far the bills alone. I mean, yeah. it was, it was wonderful. Um, but I, I just knew, I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to last. And I also saw Mike and, you know, uh, my husband, he did voiceover and he already was making a lot more than he made in radio, but he would always just say like, well, I don't know, you know, you never know month to month. And so I think I just kind of was like, okay, I should probably diversify just to make sure if, if something else is slower then I can, I can have my hands in some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think also a, a huge part of it, and you probably relate Tim, and a lot of people that are listening is just as creatives, um, you just want to be able to do all kinds of stuff. You know, anything that's creative, you want to be able to do. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think that I just kind of, anything for on-camera stuff, I even had a blog at one point, and then, of course, pod, a couple of podcasts, and 
so I think I just really enjoy creating content and um, and diversifying my outlets. <laughs> yeah, and and so did, have you always felt this sense of kind of creative entrepreneurship, and as you've gone through each each phase of your career? I have, and I think that I've always had the um, the entrepreneur mindset, even like as a young girl. Um, I've heard other people tell these types of stories um, as well, but like when I was younger, I sold rocks to my neighbors, and I think I heard some other. I, I know Tim, you're like what? I and the, I wish yeah. I want to know the pitch. Do you still remember the <laughs> elevator pitch for the for selling rocks to neighbors? Was it rocks oh. in bulk for their gardens, or was it individual? No, it was literally I had four rocks total. Four rocks. That was it. So maybe the limited supply was uh, was a big selling point. And I just remember thinking I found them, and they were they literally were like the fool's gold kind of thing. So they were kind of sparkly. Oh, and I, I was love like, those. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh, we just found a treasure in the backyard. You know, I'd read books and about finding treasure, and so I just thought this is something so amazing that we just found in this backyard in little Riverdale, Georgia. You know. And um, so I had my mom, like, we washed them off. And I was like, people need these. Like, they, this is valuable. They will want this. <laughs> so I just went down to my neighbors, and I changed the prices for each one. I had no basis for the, the price <laughs> So we're like, oh, we but, should probably diversify what we're selling here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I did make $7, so, um, uh, you know, total. Uh, so I was When you're a kid, I that's rolling in it. You can oh, do some damage. Yeah, yeah. look. I went down to my convenience store for sure and bought some fun dip with that <laughs> that profit. Um, but yeah, I think I've always had that entrepreneur spirit. Um, and so that has definitely um, helped, I think, as a creative, because I know there's a lot of my friends, too, that are very creative and they're so talented, but they actually don't even like the business part of mm -hmm. what we do. And I've always felt like, um, that's a way, like if I get good at the business part, that gives me the freedom to be able to create as much as I want, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful <laughs> segue into, into the next part I want to talk about is this, you know, the biz, the business side of things. And what, what I appreciate about what you and Mike do with the Atlanta voiceover studio is, and, and I only, I think I, saw you guys or discovered you guys at the beginning of um, discovered you guys was introduced to y'all on social media at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And because that's where I really switched into, Oh, I'm like really, really busy and I need to like figure my shit out. Mm -hmm. And I saw something around, around your newsletter uh, and, and subscribed to it. And it's still one of three that I actually read. Aww every week or, or however often I feel like I get sometimes get it twice a week or maybe sometimes I just leave it unread so that I don't forget yeah. to read it. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's so valuable to not only get like the performance side of things, but it's mostly about I've, I've found recently how to grow your business, how to scale, how to market, mm -hmm. how to how to be creative and sustain mm -hmm. this. And so how did you learn about all of that? Have you always been drawn to the business side of things? I know that the entrepreneurial, it's one thing to be entrepreneurial and have ideas and, and to be able to create and try to execute, but then to manage yeah. the backside of things so that you can scale or grow or sell or know when to turn it off is yeah. a whole nother beast. Yeah. I. So I will tell you that I think a big part of that, I mean, 
it, it it's also one thing to um well let me let me back up so before even the studio started my kind of philosophy philosophy about my voiceover career was I and I even talked to a financial planner and he was like okay how much money did you make this year and how much money are you know do you want to make next year and I kind of laughed at his face because I was like dude I don't know Mm -hmm. it matters how like if people book me um, you know, I really was kind of like, it just, I don't have any control over my business. Um, that's how I felt because I felt like, well, it's only what the, my agents provide me with the opportunities at that point. I'm, you know, I, I think there was online casting, but I wasn't on online casting sites, um, and made, you know, a, a good amount through my main agent here in Atlanta. And, um, and and I just remember getting off the phone with him and thinking, well, that really sucks. <laughs> you know, just to hear it back, I'm like, wait a minute. So I have no control over my own career. And it was that combined with um, being part of like an accountability group and uh, reading um, Jack Canfield's book um, that really started to shift my mindset about my own uh, voiceover career of oh, you know what, maybe I have more control than I realize. And so that really was the catalyst of changing my philosophy about my own career um, as far as it being a business. And then having Atlanta VoiceOver Studio, one of the, the greatest values in creating this studio was also us learning better even um, how to be a better business. Um, I hate finances. <laughs> I hate keeping track of those things. They just, you know, if 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 numbers were like, you know, animals, pretty animals and colors, mm-hmm. then I would love it so much. Um, but just the numbers really are just such bummers. Um, <laughs> they can be. Sometimes it, they, I love numbers, yeah. and I've always loved. I'm I'm definitely more of a. What is it? Are we right brain as creatives? It's mm-hmm. right brain person, yeah. Yeah. but the left yeah. side of my brain, just like numbers, equations, I love it. Yeah. But it means I look at it obsessively, which yes. some days is wonderful and very exciting. Um, but other days when you're growing your business and like as of late, it's not as fun. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, I can see both sides of it too. Cause then on my side of it, it's like, yeah, but if you don't, you could miss stuff if you're not looking at that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And really trying to figure out, okay, what is the most, um, it, it, what gives me the the most ROI for what I do? Um, and yeah. I think that that's really important. So having that stu- the studio has really helped me even hone in on some of my weak areas on my own, like, individual career as a voice talent on camera talent. And one of those being, like, really thinking through um, – you know, the ROI and that changes over time every year and depending on the industry. And, you know, one year it's like, man, I'm just killing it in commercial. And then I may have some months that's like, well, I'm just not booking as much commercial wise. So what, what areas can I kind of, um, make up for that? And so, so that really has been a huge help. Um, and, and I, I do want to say one more thing too. Um, and I hope that this is encouraging to anybody that's listening, but, um, and thank you so much for saying that about the email newsletter, because I I think I mentioned before, I had this blog that I loved 
Um, but it was so hard. I did it for six years. Um, and I just had to give it up because it was making me maybe 12000 a year. But mm-hmm. I, it was taking up so much more of my time. And so I just ended up having to give it up. And I felt like such a failure because I felt like in six years, this is all that I've made from this. Um, and I remember like literally crying and just grieving over letting that go and feeling like such a failure. But one of the things that that blog taught me was one, how to create websites, how to do the back end with WordPress and stuff. And then the other thing was the email newsletter. So as soon as we opened up Atlanta voiceover studio, we started an email newsletter and it's been going every single week, you know, for almost seven years. Um, I think maybe we've repeated some less than five times. So there's new, you know, email newsletters every single week. And that's one of the things that people talk about most when I, when I see them. Um, and I just say that to say that anybody that is listening, whether it's your voiceover career or if it's another, another pursuit that you had that you feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like that was such a failure. Look at some of the things that you learned, and you may not even see it now, but those things could be the very catalyst that propels your success in your next venture or your next pursuit. So it's never a waste is what I want to say to you. <laughs> never yeah, a waste. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's, I've experienced that as well in just in from voiceover coming from the musical theater and on mm. camera side of things and, and live performance side of things and just seeing like, mm. oh, cool. Like even all these day jobs that I had that were in between, I learned new skills on how to, how to be a leader in a, in a retail or corporate environment, how to stay organized, how to talk to people, how to, you know, and, and seeing that your skills as a performer, as an actor are, are novel in some of those circles and that, mm-hmm. that it does have, and it's fed into the marketing side of my business with this little company that I started at the beginning of the year. And, um, and even like this podcast, it's, it's showing that like consistency is key. Yeah. And it sounds like I want to, I want to talk about consistency because hearing that you had that not only this, the, the newsletter has been going for seven years weekly <laughs> and only repeated things maybe five times yeah. is wild, but then your blog for six years, Mm-hmm. And and even making you know 12k at the end of the year is is for relative to to the other work that we do is maybe not a lot and especially like you said the ROI like time versus the money exchange mm-hmm. but that's I mean <laughs> that's that's no small potatoes though is is maintaining yeah. that for for that long so what role has consistency played and how have you seen it shake out as you've as you've c- continued on all the different phases yeah. of your career. Um, I will say that it's been both a, like, I feel like my key to success, but also um, <laughs> not a thorn in my side, but something that's also prevented some success. And what I mean by that is um, at a very young age, <laughs> um, my dad, he is a PE teacher, was a PE teacher, he's retired now. Um, and so he was my PE teacher. And we would do the mile run. You probably did that in elementary oh, yeah. school too, right? In a full and, cotton gym uniform, yeah. <laughs> super conducive, especially when you're like a sweaty prepubescent teen. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how we probably smelled so bad when we oh, went back in the classroom? That Those smell teachers. haunts me. 
that oh mixed with gosh. now with like when when I was going through high school, Axe body spray, oh, that yes. and like the dank like teen smell. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We had no idea. Oh, those poor teachers, poor teachers. They don't get paid enough for no. that stuff. <laughs> um, but I, we would run, but like our, everybody else would just sprint ahead. And I just always felt like, oh, I'm not that fast. And I would tell my dad, I'm not that fast. Like, I don't know what to do. And he said, listen, he said, the biggest thing is remember that old parable about or story about the tortoise and the hare and he was like just set your pace and keep going because those people that sprint out they're going to get tired they're going to get burnt out and they're going to start walking and sure enough that happened and I was always like one of the fastest or second fastest girls in the class but it was just because I just stayed consistent and I really wasn't that fast I just kept going <laughs> um and so that really has not only stayed with me, but I think is just part of who I am. I honestly, Tim, I'm not that talented. I mean, I would love to be like a Tom Brader, Tom Brady, Tom Brader, Tom Brady of the voiceover world, or, you know, just the, the very best that people are like, that talent is so incredible. I, that's not me. It's not. Um, but what I do have is once I commit to something, I'll just keep going <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'll keep learning along the way. So I, I've always felt like consistency was kind of like my key. The only problem that, be, that happened was when that consistency took over or, or came first before evaluation, if that makes any sense. So, you know, you could do something over and over, like every single day, every single day um, for years, and that'd be great. But if you're not looking at like, what can I improve? What works? What yeah. doesn't work? Then <laughs> you could end up wasting years without really getting some key feedback or, you know, information to, to improve. And so I think that I've also let consistency kind of be a crutch of like, I'm just going to keep going, keep going to go in instead of going, you know what, actually, let me take a day and look at this and see like you, Tim, look at the numbers, like, let me look at the numbers and see, hey, what is working? What if, you know, what if I change this? Or what if I test this to see if that would work better? So yeah, that's the fine line between consistency and insanity. It's mm -hmm. doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result, expecting something different versus yeah. that more, okay, let's take a look at this and see. And that's something on with my business that every year since the beginning, I've just tried to do what I call around a fuck around and see at least mm -hmm. one every year. Yeah. And there's one big one. And like um, last year it was to, to, to not be on any pay to place, just to see if I can not pay the pay those sites mm -hmm. and see how that affects my numbers yeah. and it ended up being great which is great awesome. but then yeah. um and there's also it's calculated risk it's making those mm -hmm. evaluate like those educated decisions on okay i'm just want i things are going fine but i don't want them to go like this for the rest of my life or my career right. i want more how can right. we how can we make small changes in doing that? And mm -hmm. for voice talent listening or or on stage or on camera talent or where wherever you are, if you just look at things and be like, okay, cool, well let's what if you put yourself out there in a different way? Make mm -hmm. that a goal. And just mm -hmm. and the other one last year was like social media mm -hmm. and committing to that one thing a day just to see where that how that affects it. And yeah. 
um, yeah, it is, it's consistency versus insanity is. Yeah. So you do like one big goal a, a year and then one fuck around a year or it's, is it... so I set a couple of different and because <laughs> this year has been wild because I, I ended up the, the, the fuck around and see that it is, is the big like shift that mm-hmm. I try to make around okay. in, in work. And, and this year was to sign the, the goal was to sign with ACM, which ended up happening like two or three months early, which was uh, wow. amazing. And so I was like, okay, now what is this? What is the next thing going to be? And it ended up falling in my lap, which was starting a business with my brother doing um, like creative consultancy for businesses that are like struggling with their brand messaging and stuff like yeah. that. And so we have gone, we go to companies now, or we've been very fortunate and companies have found us. Um, through previous voiceover clients of mine that are saying like, Hey, can you guys also, can you also do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, but, and so we just go in and we help kind of zhuzh up their messaging, bring some humanity to it and creativity Mm -hmm. and a little bit of sparkle. And then, and, and then they go on their way, uh, or keep us around for a little bit to, to stay on hand. But it's, I think it's, that's, that part for me is fun because I think I am a little bit ADHD in terms of, like we talked about earlier, like if voiceover slow, that it's riding this roller coaster of a creative mm-hmm. career. And so I, it's fun. It's fun to go up and down, but it's also really terrifying when you have a family. And, and luckily, right. like, like you guys, we don't have any kids. We just have our mm-hmm. dog, but like we have a house and we want to yeah. like live a, a thriving life. And mm-hmm. especially, I don't know, we, we're both 30 years old. And so we, we know that we have a lot of a lot of room to grow and I just, I get impatient. And so I want, I want the ride to go more like this. Mm -hmm. And so when voiceover is in a dip, marketing can smooth things out or whatever else uh, that comes up. Yeah, totally. Totally. That's so awesome. So how do you manage it all then, Tim? I mean, that's huge, like (laughs) a new business and voiceover. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it changes every day and it's grown a lot mm. this year. I uh, have been very fortunate that, you know, Julius and Tara, who are the producers on this show, have yeah. they reached out to me when they wanted to start a, a new venture. And so being able to hand off, I was going to stop doing this because even though I loved it and I love talking to people and um, and, and creating like you, like you, mm-hmm. it's it just wasn't. I, I had it's so much other work, going. Too. It's a lot of it work. It's work. it's easy you, easy Tara to start a podcast, but it's really <laughs> yes. hard to maintain one, especially when mm-hmm. if you have a similar mindset as me, where like I cannot have it be this messy thing that I'm putting right. out into the ether. I want it to right. be refined. I'm okay with growing as we go, right. but I cannot just like spit something out and and just let it be gross, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they've come on and helped me a lot and taken over with that. We've got my friends in New York, uh, Auberth and, and Saring, who edit the video and do all my, mm. I've, I've recently brought Auberth on to manage some social media for me and help me with that. So it's, and then having my brother be able to take on projects when I get busy with voiceover mm. or producing audiobooks. And it's, it's, I think short answer, super long. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about trusting other people. It's surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with people that you trust and that you, you believe are smarter and, and mm-hmm. uh, more capable than you and really complement your skill set and yeah. allow you to do what you need to do the best. I had a, a therapist that we talked to who's a savant and kind of gifted mm-hmm. in terms of being able to read people. And he, when I spoke to him, 
for the first time like five or six years ago. He said, Tim, you need your focus is going to be that you need to make sure that you can maintain your Forrest Gump energy of just kind of mm. like showing up, bringing joy and just doing what you do and then carrying on your way. Because if yeah. you get bogged down with too many of the details, your light is going to dim and it's not going to allow you to bring up the people with you that you want to bring up in right. the way that you want to bring it up. Right. So it's trusting right. and delegating. And it's hard yeah. when you're a control freak. Totally. Well, especially with creative stuff, right? Um, because that is also subjective. So if you're like, oh, no, I would, I, you know, I struggle that with that even at, with Atlanta VoiceOver Studio of letting my vision for even like social media or, you know, email newsletter or whatever, I, I struggle with letting that go because I'm like, well, I didn't see it in my head like this. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what I've been doing lately is just saying like, okay, if there's a why behind it, if there's a specific reason why um, to share that, say, I, you know, I really like what you did because um, I want to give creative freedom too to other people that are yeah. on the team. Um, but it, the next time I would do this and this is the reason why, because people can't really yes. see that or it's harder to read or whatever. Um, and so I've been trying to like, that's where I, if there's a why, then I'll speak it. If not, then I'm like, if it's their creative, you know, mind. Yeah. <laughs> why work. is so important. And that's something that I learned while working at Apple actually is mm. because there were the really, really wonderful managers who would let you kind of spread your wings a little bit on, on certain things as much as you can at the genius bar. It's, uh, <laughs> they, they would tell you the why they give you the really solid feedback, yeah. uh, uh, on, on why they need you to change something or why this worked really well or, or any number of reasons, you know, or situations. And, um, yeah. And, and you have to, cause if you do just barking orders, it doesn't make sense. And that's when right. people start to build resentment and they're like, yes. well, screw you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. because I want to do it that way. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk about Atlanta. Okay. And as a it. town, especially from somebody who has been born and raised there. Yeah. Uh, and grown up and owns a business there. Um, and <laughs> somebody in Texas, in Austin specifically, <laughs> I know just a brief history of of where Texas has really fumbled the ball with the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and who is there to pick it up? Atlanta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in, in today's day and age of, of the, the main coasts, mm -hmm. East Coast, West Coast, New York and L.A. being these hubs for entertainment, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be a voice actor, if you want to do be in the game, you've got to be in one or one of these two cities. Mm -hmm. uh, it's grown out to Chicago. And now Atlanta is like a major, major hub and yeah. is probably shooting more TV and film than New York is. Um, yeah. and is a, a very yeah. close second, if not slowly surpassing LA as, as mm -hmm. things are moving around. So what has that been like for you to see your city grow like this? And how have you yeah. started to see the demographic shift in terms of mm -hmm. the entertainment professionals come in? How has that affected things? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I will say that, and I hope I'm getting these numbers right, but I believe that, so we just went to the state of the industry, um, like little day conference or whatever at Trillis Studios. That's where they film all the Marvel stuff. Um, and they had said, I think it was last year, that out of the top 10 box office hits, that eight of them were filmed in Atlanta, which is crazy. Um, That's insane. So, yeah. And then um, Lionsgate just is, um, there's a new place that Lionsgate's opening up. 
Um, so it's wonderful. So first of all, I mean, being from Atlanta, I love it because I have always known the greatness of our city. Um, I knew that there's, I mean, you can go a few minutes and be in the mountains. You can go, you know, a couple hours, be at the beach. Um, you know, it's got such great food. It's got everything to do. I mean, it's just a great, great city. And it's always been very diverse too. Um, at least where I grew up, um, I grew up just a little south of Atlanta, um, not too far from the airport. And so I just always, it was just always diverse, you know, my schools and everything. Um, so I loved that aspect of the city. Um, but as far as being like an actor um, in it, it's been twofold. One, it's been great, um, of course, because it's like, you know, especially like Mike, my husband, his, his first priority too was always to be on camera. And so we did talk about like, should we move to LA? And, um, but you know, with the expense and everything, then we just were like, I don't know. And, and so that has been such a gift to us to get these opportunities. And then we hear our friends from LA and saying like, gosh, you know, it took me years to be able to get that type of audition. And, you know, we probably take it for granted a little bit that we get these great auditions here. Um, so it's been wonderful in that aspect, but then it's also been tough because I think one, um, we, some people have, <laughs> I, I'm going to put myself in the, in, in the mix here, but we have felt, we've gotten a little entitled, I think, um, as far as like, oh, okay, we just get these auditions and people in LA, you know, they're like, I've been in, you know, umpteen classes and I've mm -hmm. done this and that and that. And, you know, I just get excited after five years when I can finally get one audition that's close to that. And so we had, we didn't have to do that um, to get those types of auditions. And I think that a lot of people, it's, it's kind of, you know, been an entitlement type of thing, but I think that it, that's not for everybody. And I think that we, that there's a lot of um, people that don't think that way. And, um, and um, yeah, so, you know, there's some pluses and minuses to that, um, but it's been great. I will say with voiceover, I still feel like, I don't, I don't know. I wish more for our city out of voiceover. And that's one of the reasons, kind of our motivators for Atlanta voiceover studio, because it didn't start out as a training studio at all. It just started as a place where our on-camera friends could come in to record their voiceover auditions. Hmm. And I got to see people. Um, <laughs> and so it wasn't just our home studio. And then it, it spread to teaching and training. And one of the biggest things was, is I want people to realize one, that there's good training here, but that two, that, um, you know, for animation and video games and stuff like that, that they can find talent that are in Atlanta and they'll be just as good. Um, so COVID also helped kind of break things up as far as animation opportunities goes. Um, but I still think that Atlanta has, a ways to go with voiceover. Um, another big part of um, what hasn't come to Atlanta, even though there's big studios, is post-production. Mm. Um, there's still so much of that is done in LA um, for like looping. And, um, and so there's talk, at least in the state of the industry thing that I went to, that that will be changing. 
Um, but I still think it's going to probably take a little while. I don't think it's going to happen super quick. Um, yeah. And I feel like so. maybe some of that, that the quote unquote entitlement that you're talking about is also a symptom of like just being in the right place at the right time. Exactly. Because if you would have told people 30 years ago that Atlanta was going to be the next huge entertainment hub in this in the United States and and generate all this wealth and and when I said demographics too I just want to clarify for the listeners I didn't mean like racially ethnically it's just like uh, yeah. the the type like the the people who are doing the different types of jobs and 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 that kind of thing coming into Atlanta too mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but that that Atlanta would be that um and it's I, I I feel like we're at the beginning stages of where Atlanta was maybe 20 to 25 years ago in Austin right now. And it's honestly a big reason why we decided to stay is because initially the plan was to come from New York, be in Texas for a little bit so we could be close to my wife's family. We're, you know, a a two hour flight to my family in Chicago and then go on out to L.A. because that's where more of my work was leading us. But when we saw how much of L.A. was moving here and there, like within the first couple of months, we were hearing about like five you know, billion dollar studios being built in and around Austin. We're like, okay, well maybe we should, maybe we should just buy a house, stick around and, and kind of see what's going on. Cause we could get some life stuff yeah, done, you know, yes. and, and, and change, change that mindset from a scarcity mindset of being in, in these bigger cities to, okay, well maybe we can you know, start a business, start a studio or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Um, and, and not have to be on that. Like, oh, I'm, taking five years to get this one audition that I want that now it's like, okay, well now we're auditioning for the stuff that, you know, we want to be in for because everything's remote. It's just, it's shifting. Yes, totally. And the, the other gift too, about that, about where you are, Tim is, um, and one of the things that I've seen is just being able to, it's, it was so much easier uh, developing relationships with the talent agencies here. I mean, I've known mm. them for years and years and years. So even before so many people were like, oh, Atlanta, you know, and, and, and I mean, now there's so many people, I mean, you know, two of the people that I just talked to over the past couple of days, you know, they've been here for a year and they moved from LA. Um, so many people are moving from LA mm-hmm. and just to be able to be here in Atlanta or in Austin and being able to make those relationships um, before everybody's clamoring, um, yeah. you know, is, is such a gift. So, yeah, it's an exciting time. And it's so cool mm-hmm. to see that's at VO Atlanta. It was really exciting to meet so many voice actors that are from Atlanta mm-hmm. and seeing that. And that was something that it was an amazing experience on so many different levels, but something that my wife reminded me of when I was, <laughs> I got back and inevitably, fell off that high and was just like, Oh God, why am I not doing like poor me? I'm not getting the jobs I want. And, and yeah. Jess reminded me, you know, think about all the people who were there who are from Atlanta, who are not yeah. in LA or New York and, and mm-hmm. just remember, and, and people who are not from Atlanta, but from like smaller cities around the country. Yeah. And just remember that like patience and, and that mm-hmm. the time invested in it is going to pay off and, and yeah, go into totally. it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So last thing I want to, I want to pick your brain on. Um, yeah. before we cut you loose is, uh, I saw a post that you made recently. Uh, I think yeah. it was last week about taking three months off of auditioning mm-hmm. because of burnout. And I want to, I want to hear about this decision, what drove that decision, the experience of being in it, because last week I got super sick and I had to mm-hmm. text Jeffrey and say, you know, Hey, I, I really can't audition. Like I can barely function right now. And it was yeah. like three days of, of no auditions. And with ACM, that's like, 
60 auditions that you're yeah. missing yeah and it, <laughs> it's really freaky but yeah. and then with the other like couple handful of businesses that I run it's like I can't do anything but it ended up being a really wonderful exercise in letting go and seeing like oh I can like create space for myself if I really need it and and life will move on and business will work still you know jobs will still be there um what what prompted the three months off what was that how scary was that decision to make and, <laughs> and, and how empowering was it at the end of it? Yeah. So it just culminated from a lot of things. And, I, it, and um, you know, we talk about, I talked about in the email newsletter, the difference between burnout and stress, because look, voiceover and starting your own business, I know it sounds wonderful and it is, it is wonderful, but also there are those days where you're just like, oh my gosh, the the success of my business is on my shoulders and my <laughs> shoulders only. This is scary. This is stressful. So yes, you're going to have those days. But burnout is something that is chronic stress consistently over time. Um, and so there were just a lot of things that led up to that. We One, I think that we didn't realize running Atlanta VoiceOver Studio through the pandemic, how um, how hard that was on us because, you know, you're leading, you're leading people. You're the person that like, you know, if something happens, you've got to be there. You've got, you know, so it just never felt like I was so jealous when people would say, I'm making bread at home and I'm doing, you mm -hmm. know, I was, like, I mean, oh, I know I'm like, <laughs> I want to be doing nothing. Um, so it, it just, and everybody, it, you know, COVID was hard on everybody, so I'm not saying that one person had it worse or better than the other person, but I just don't think that I realized how much a toll that it took on us. Um, and then the other thing was is that we had some struggles with the studio. Um, you know, we kept our main studio um, going during COVID when no clients were coming in. We had just hired a full-time sound design engineer. Mm. We kept paying her and have her on and um and so coming out of covid then it was still this slow kind of ramping up to that and we ended up in the red for a couple months um with the studio and that was the first time ever and um and so mike and i had to cover that um and up until you know six months ago mike and i even weren't ever taking a paycheck from the studio um so we had to cover that you know out of and, and not even be making anything from the studio. Um, and then add on that, we had a home remodel. We were living in our basement for six months. We endured three <laughs> floods because of that. You know, it, it was so much on top of it. Um, and I just, we had a bunch of employee shifts with the studio. So that was tough. It just required me to work even more. So like, we didn't have, we weren't able to take vacations. We weren't able to take time off. And, um, it got to the point where things were slowly starting to kind of settle down a little bit, but nothing was filling my bucket back up. So I felt like if one little thing happened, if, 
you know, somebody accidentally slammed the door in my, you know, and it hit me or something in the arm, I would feel so offended or, you know, I felt so those resentful. little things just like yes. feeling irritable. Yes. It's the worst when, it's especially worst. when you can like see it. I, this happened to me last night. I was oh, like. <laughs> Tim, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm not to cut you off. I can, no. I, I won't share my story, but I was, I can relate. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm so sorry. And you are, you are such the nicest person. So I also get that too. Like when that stuff happens, I'm like, this is not who I am. This is not I'm who I am. I'm fucking nice. I am nice. <laughs> I love people and I love to give to people. But when you're burnout, you just have nothing. So whatever people ask, I mean, you know, anything that people would ask of me, I would just feel like, what do you need now? You know, I mean, it just felt so yeah. dramatic. And so I was working with my counselor, trying to do all the healthy things, and nothing was, nothing was helping. I just wasn't able to get back to baseline, and 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 it was that point too where I just thought, I hate Atlanta Voiceover Studio. I don't want to do this. This <laughs> is, you know, like I I'm done. I mean, I I don't know how many times I told Mike, I'm like, I don't. When our lease is up, I'm done. Like there is no way we're going to keep doing this. Like this is yeah. not worth it. And, um, and so I was telling Mike about it one night and I just said, I, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to, what's going to click to where I can get back to who I know I am. And he said, well, why don't you take, um, a sabbatical from voiceover? <laughs> and I was like, what? As right. if Mike. Um, okay, Mike, <laughs> you know, this is how we actually make our living, right? Um, and we just did a home remodel. Um, so it. I just thought, this is crazy, but he always tells me, Tim, I'm sure that your wife probably listens to everything that you say, but um, he always says, you don't ever listen to me. Like I told you, you know, I give you this advice and you don't listen to me or whatever. And so I thought, huh, well, I'm going to show him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen and take his advice, buddy. <laughs> I'll, I, all right. You say that fine. I'll, I'll try it. Um, and so that's when I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try and take a sabbatical. Now, let me just say this is in the beginning of October. October through the end of the year is one of the busiest times mm -hmm. for commercial VO. And um, and like I said, like we were not making an income from Atlanta Voiceover Studio. And so I thought, this is crazy. I um I don't know how this is gonna work. I I just knew that one of my agents was going to drop me too when I told them this. And the end of that story is that no agents dropped me. Jeffrey Humberger, who you were talking about earlier, was so wonderful. That's who I called first to tell him, hey, I'm thinking about this. He fully supported me and all my agents supported me. And so from then to the end of the year, I did no voiceover auditions. Um, and then I just, I would take half days at the studio. I would still do some work here, but I would take half days or meet a friend for lunch. And it's like, I don't have to get back and rush and actually wow. enjoyed the weekends. And the crazy thing about it is, is that so financially totally fine because like clients that I thought maybe the campaigns were over, there was no more. They came back all of a sudden. Um, national spots got renewed. I mean, it wow. was just 
it was amazing. So it was totally fine. Um, one of the clients that I've only done small stuff for here and there, and they've been a long time client of mine, um, all of a sudden had this huge project that paid, that covered my income for a, mo a month, um, you know, that just came out of the blue. And so I want to say that to, to encourage everybody that is building. And like you were saying, Tim, like just building your business over time and planting those seeds that when you do that, this is the kind of uh, harvest that you're going to get. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That you are going to be able to go, you know what? I am taking that time off and those seeds will sprout. Um, but then also that it, it was one of the best things that I've ever done, honestly. It got me back to baseline. I came back in January, so excited to audition again. Um, and I just felt like, I was like, oh, I do love my career. <laughs> I do love it. Come and back I to Mike. It's like, Atlanta voice. hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I take it back. I love Atlanta voiceover studio. I love what we do here. And, you know, I, and I was so excited to give again. And that was really, honestly, one of the greatest gifts because I do love to give. That is that is what keeps us motivated from Atlanta voiceover studio. Mm -hmm. It's not the, it's definitely not the money um, because there was none. Um, and so, but giving to people and seeing like it just inspiring them, encouraging them, that's what keeps me going. And then to have lost that was really devastating. And, but now I got it back. Yeah. I'm back. She's back folks. I'm back folks. What a wonderful example of, of a, like you said, letting go and, and releasing and, and seeing that all of these seeds you planted are actually going to support and nourish you in this time off. And, and two of, of having the right people on your team and from a representation standpoint, like I feel that way about, you know, I had, it's, the it, the agents that I'm with now are the best agents that I've had uh, a rep that I've had on on any side of the camera microphone any of it so it's a huge shout out to Alan Duncan and the innovative team in New York and and Jeffrey and Mark and Phil and Eric yeah. and all of the wonderful people at ACM because it is it's supportive and it's those people that aren't going to try to scare you out of things mm -hmm. uh, or or shame you for being like hey like <laughs> i can't move today like i can't really audition and they're not going to be like well okay well <laughs> good luck then we're we're yeah. dropping you or or like you really need to get to the mic for this like yeah. digital waiver or whatever the non-digital broadcast or whatever that the hundred dollar yeah, jobs yeah. are you know but it's 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 important yeah it is it listen so to is. inner wisdom of saying yeah. <laughs> i need a break <laughs> i'm mad at my husband for nothing <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, and shout out to Mike too. To I mean, he was so supportive through all that, and so I am um, so grateful for him. You know, for for letting me do that, and not letting me, but you know what I mean, like really. Yeah, that. it's it's so important that and another person on your team, right? An yeah. important decision made to have somebody that's supportive and sees you and sees what you need before you can see it. So, mm -hmm. well, Heidi, thank you so much for doing this. I I've got four quick fire questions for you okay uh real quick off the top of your noggin um mm -hmm. as we go here uh who inspires you right now um mike we'll take it I, yeah he just does he's pretty great so what's a piece of content to. that you can't get enough of it can be a tv series video game book magazine mm. whatever you'd like 
shrinking on Apple Plus. Mm, yes, it I've only seen so the first episode so far, and good. it's very, very good. I've heard wonderful things. Yeah, I would watch it again all the way through. What's a nickname you had as a kid? Um, booger. Booger. This is the first booger we've gotten. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think my dad came up like, little booger. <laughs> I love it. And last question, really, really a heavy question. You can only have pizza one last time. Where from and what's on it? No dietary blowback at all if you have any okay, allergies or sensitivities. Yes, because I am gluten-free. But it's Antico Pizza in Atlanta. It's okay. so great. They do it in like the the old like fire, wood fire or whatever. And just, I am so plain. I like just cheese pizza. Wow. So call me basic if you want, but that's what I like. Talk about confidence. Stepping up to the <laughs> mic and saying that you just like I cheese pizza. I don't need no fancy things <laughs> on my pizza. You'd like me cheese. <laughs> Heidi, thank you again for coming on and doing this. I had a blast uh, as expected. And, um, and where can people find you and uh, the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio? Yeah, uh, across like social media and even my website, it's just Heidi Rue, and it's like ooh, but with an R. Um, it's great. I don't think there's anybody else with that name, so you know the socials were not taken or website or whatever. So that's across the board. Um, and then for Atlanta Voiceover Studio, that's a little longer, Atlanta Voiceover Studio, but pretty much all social media and like website and stuff. It's atlantavoiceoverstudio.com. Easy peasy. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll talk to you again soon. Oh, goodness. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did re-listening and having it in person. Heidi, thank you again for your time and for hanging out with me for a little bit on the show. If you'd like to keep up with everything that Heidi has going on, and I highly recommend that you do, you can follow her at Heidi Rue on all social media platforms, and you can check out her website, HeidiRue.com. Also, highly, highly recommend to subscribe to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio newsletter. You can find them on social media at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio. And you can also check out their website, AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com. Thank you to everyone behind the scenes at Second Cup, keeping my head on straight and things running forward. We have Tara Seuss, Julia Shepard Morgan, Aubrey Bercy, and Saring Sharma. Stay tuned to the next episode of Second Cup for another amazing conversation with somebody really cool. Bye!